This episode is brought to you in part by Zondervan, publisher of The Perilous Fight, Overcoming Our Culture's War on the American Family, written and narrated by retired neurosurgeon and politician Dr. Ben Carson. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks. Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church. This is Pass the Mic. Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pastor Mike, Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church, powered by The Witness. We are a Black Christian collective. I'm your host, Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Please don't forget about the gram, at Burns Clan. Follow at your own risk. And before I continue on with this podcast, let me first give honor, appreciation, and many thanks to my brothers and counterparts here at Pastor Mike, our co-host and founder of The Witness, Jamar Tisby, and our executive producer, Bo York, for stepping in last week and recording some special episodes because they could detect, number one, that I am podzhausted. That's probably a word that somebody else has coined, but I feel as though I want to take credit for coining that <laughs> because it just came off the top of my head. So they could detect I was podzhausted. So they recorded some episodes that are going to be interspersed throughout the course of this season and the rest of this year. And they also providentially stepped in because I had dental surgery last week. So I actually had to have emergency dental surgery to remove a molar. And because Jamar is such a good friend, quote unquote, I have air quotes right now because he is such a good friend. Right after my surgery, he was like, bro, you should record something. The numbing gel was still active. I was on some narcotics. And so he said, record something for Pastor Mike. So Bo may be nice enough to place it in right here. It's a silly clip of me high right after surgery. Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pastor Mike. Down in my voices for a diverse church powered by The Witness, a black Christian collective. I'm your host, Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget about the gram at Burns Clan. Follow at your own risk. It will be found in our Patreon community. And this is just a shameless plug for me to go ahead and encourage you to become a patron here at Pass the Mic. Go to patreon.com forward slash Pass the Mic. And for just $1 an episode, you can support the work that we are doing. You can continue to influence and make sure that we do this at a high level. We have um, an amazing community of people who are patrons uh, here at Pass the Mic. And so they actually have the ability, sometimes we have live chats, sometimes you get special episodes, uh, treats, also videos of our interviews as well. And also you get some special rates whenever we have in-person events here at The Witness. So I want to encourage you to continue to support what we do in your prayers and also financially as well. Something else before we get into what we're talking about today, we, as as Jamar always says, we are in a modern day civil rights movement and our ancestors in the faith have walked and marched for their cause. And we're doing something here at The Witness Inc. that is representative of us taking up that mantle and us doing the same. We're calling it the Active Witness Challenge. And the Active Witness Challenge is a challenge to run or walk 50 miles all throughout the month of September. And we are so excited about this. The tagline is we run because they walked. So because they walked and because they took many everyday black Christians who had jobs, boycotted, it's where that phrase comes from. My feet is tired, but my soul is rested. 
because of this, we want to represent that by coming together as a community and walking or running. I have to see if they'll let me row 50 miles because I really like rowing. I don't know. It's it's the CrossFit influence in me, I guess. But whatever it is, we're going to come together and we are going to commit to doing 50 miles over the course of September. Now, I put it out in my IG story that I wanted to start a team. And about 40 of you said that you would be willing. About 20, 25 of you said, you know, no chance. I ain't running. And I was a little hurt by that, but it's fine. It's okay. I'm getting over it. But my goal is to have a team of 50. So I am going to put out on IG again, follow me at Burns Clan on IG in the next couple of weeks, my team name, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to sign up for my team. All of this information can be found at a link in the show notes. It is events.elitefeats.com events.elitefeats.com. And that link is going to be in the show notes. Sign up for the Active Witness Challenge as an opportunity to have a great impact, a virtual fundraising event that will support what we do here at The Witnessing, both at The Witness of Black Christian Collective and also The Witness Foundation as well. Now, I am solo dolo today, and I'm excited about that. I was actually thinking a couple of weeks ago when Jamar did his episode solo. Jamar has all these episodes that he does solo, both on Pastor Mike and also on his podcast, Footnotes, which is a podcast you should also subscribe to. And that's kind of his thing, right? So he does these reflections and will give advice and talk about news And so I I had to think back in the Rolodex of my mind, have I ever done a solo podcast? That wasn't me reading a speech or giving announcements. And I think this is the first time. So mark this day in history, if you will. And I want to share something that I have really been thinking about over the course of this entire year, but especially over the course of the last few months. If you've been following the podcast for any length of time, you know that sometimes I will have special episodes or I share special insights related to black Christians, something specific for us to think about and resonate, maybe some words that that I myself have struggled with before, some things that I need to hear first. And so oftentimes I'm talking to myself, but I'll also share it with people because that's what you come for, right? So I've talked about black Christians don't negotiate your dignity. Black Christians, we are not shields or stools. On my personal Facebook page, I've talked about black Christians, you are important, and I want to give you something else today that I think is is of paramount importance as we move forward in this work, trying to build something special for not just ourselves, but for many generations to come. I want to encourage you, Black Christians, please don't waste your time. <laughs> black Christians, please don't waste your time. I've been peeping something. I've been noticing something. And it's not new. It's not something that's particularly profound, but it is something that is deeply unsettling nonetheless. I have been noticing that we spend an inordinate amount of time explaining ourselves, defending our thoughts or our personhood, and justifying our work to people who are determined to misunderstand it. Now, I know that this can also be seen in a lot of different areas, but it's it's particularly seen on social media. It, it, it goes a little something like this. You'll post something and someone will respond. You will respond thinking that they have a good faith objection or a good faith question to whatever you posted. And then about 15 tweets later, longer down in the thread, <laughs> what you will find is you have wasted your time and your energy 
on a person who is determined to misunderstand you, determined to gaslight you, determined to take your energy and your time away from you. You know, people often ask me the question, if you could go back and talk to yourself at 21 or 25 or 18, what advice would you give yourself? And I would give myself this advice. Don't waste your time. Time is such a precious resource for us, not just because as human beings, we must take advantage of every moment in time that God gives us. The scripture actually says to us that we are to redeem the time. We see in the example of someone like Maxine Waters, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, we see that she says she is reclaiming her time, right? Reclaiming my time, reclaiming my time. But I believe it is so important for Black Christians because we have limited time. We actually have less time because of the world around us. We never know when we are going to be confronted with racial trauma. We never know when we are going to be visited by racial injustice. We never know when we are going to be prematurely taken from this world or our family or our friends will fall prey and succumb to whatever it is that has been constructed in our country and our world to shorten our lives. We must take advantage of every single moment. Over the past few months and throughout this entire year, we've really seen a lot of Black women athletes who have led in this example. We've seen people like tennis star Naomi Osaka or American gymnast Simone Biles who have reclaimed their time, who have taken time to themselves to care for themselves away from some things that people might seem and deem to be more important. But they've recognized that their health, their mental sanity, their body, their well-being is more important than the work that they do, more important than justifying themselves to people, more important than explaining themselves, more important than performing and entertaining others. And I think this is important for Black Christians because oftentimes we find ourselves in this mentality, in this mindset that we are supposed to waste our time. And most of us wouldn't think about it like that. There's no way we would say, oh, I'm supposed to, I think it's a spiritual idea for me to waste my time. But yet we are in situations, relationships, friendships, churches, and also in online interactions with people and things that are time drainers not time builders, not time redeemers. And there's this powerful example of this, and it really blew my mind. When you actually sit down and read the book of Nehemiah, you see a powerful example of time reclaiming, of someone who was so committed to his mission, to what God had called for him to do, that he actually forced and pushed away from people who are attempting to distract him. In Nehemiah chapter six, we see that as Nehemiah has gathered the people of Israel together to build the wall, to rebuild the wall, to rebuild the spaces that would protect their city and the temple, word comes to Nehemiah. And word comes to Nehemiah from Sanballat and Geshem. And in verse two, it says, Sanballat and Geshem sent me, Nehemiah, this message, come let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono but they were scheming to harm me. Notice this, Nehemiah is able to detect motives. He is able to understand that based upon the history of how these people have interacted with me, the history of how these people have treated me, the history of how these people have opposed our work, the fact that they haven't done the work for themselves. Hello. I can detect that they are scheming to harm me. 
So here's what Nehemiah does. He doesn't come down and talk to them. He sends messengers. It says in verse three, so I sent messengers to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it to go down to you? Why should my work stop just for me to talk to you? What a powerful example of Nehemiah taking agency, but also drawing a line and saying, I will not waste my time with people who are scheming to harm me. It it even says in verse four, the next verse, four times they sent me the same message and each time I gave them the same answer. How frustrating must it have been for Sam Ballad and Geshem? to hear the same answer from Nehemiah. But Nehemiah refused to distract and take away from his effort to go down and talk to them, to have a time-wasting conversation. And I remember probably around 2014, 2015, I started having these conversations and I realized that something in my mind, which I'll touch on a little bit later, had kind of been discipled and hardwired to think that it was theological for me to sit across from people who did not acknowledge basic understandings of my humanity. And these weren't people within my church or my faith community. Some of them, actually many of them, weren't even friends. They were just people who demanded an audience with me. And I thought that it was my reasonable service to actually be in front of them. So I remember having all these conversations based upon me having carefully worded Facebook comments or social media statements or videos, and people taking them out of context, or not doing the work for themselves, or determining to misunderstand me, or just not having done enough of their own internal healing, or repentance, or confrontation of their own sin, to actually be able to understand and have a charitable charitable interaction or interpretation of it. And I remember I spent breakfasts, and lunches, and dinners, and coffees, and go over to your house, you come over to my house. And I was reasoning and wrestling with people who had not done the work. In even some cases, I was reasoning and wrestling with people who were scheming to harm me, reasoning and wrestling with people who were actually trying to pull me down, who were actually not interested in learning, but interested in correcting. And if I look back on it, not with regret, but actually with growth, with understanding that this was something that I needed to go through to realize that I need to change the way I interact with others. I need to change the way. And if I actually look back on it, I don't look back on it with regret, but I look back on it with a sense of understanding now. I needed to go through that to grow and understand that I don't need to waste my time. Think about how much you could produce and not even just your production. Think about how much you could understand about yourself, who you could become, what you could step into, how much healing you could experience. If you cut off that extraneous time of explaining yourself to people who you are not accountable to. This was the thing. I was explaining myself to people who had no authority over me. They just acted as if they did. And so many black Christians are still caught in this time loop. They're still caught in this mentality that we have to explain and we have to go back and forth. And if someone makes a statement, what if someone else will see it and talk about it? Listen, I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm just saying, can you please make sure you're not wasting your time? One of my favorite books is actually a book called Where Do We Go From Here? It was written by Dr. Martin Luther King. And in actually 
looking back at that story and how he wrote it, I, I often think in my head, how in the world did King write all these books? How was he able to be productive? How was he able to still write you know, things like Why We Can't Wait or, or Where Do We Go From Here? And it was actually because in 1967, he got away. He got away in a secluded part of the Caribbean with some close friends and also his wife. And he was actually able to write this book. He was actually able to get away and step away and produce something that I can receive, I can learn from many decades later. And I think about that because most of us have that capacity and capability. Maybe it's not something that's on a national platform. Maybe it's not something that is known or seen. Maybe it's not even something as serious as a podcast or a book or running or starting an organization. Maybe it is just simply something that is deeply impactful for your own family or for your life, or for your personhood, or for one friend. Do you realize that that one friend is actually more important than the peanut gallery of people that seek to harm and distract and scheme against you? And so it's my hope and my prayer that we would not waste our time. I want to give a couple of principles here that are encouragements to you, and hopefully you can take these and really do a time audit. You can say, am I actually stepping into these situations? Let me talk about this first thing. Be careful of the no-win situations. Be careful of the no-win situations and no-win conversations. It is often true that whenever people present an accusation against us, whether it relates to a name that we're being called or an ideology that they think we believe, most people are hardwired to defend and explain themselves. And this is actually going on right now with the overarching conversations surrounding critical race theory. And critical race theory is being used as a catch-all both in the evangelical world and also in the Republican political construct, the conservative political construct, as a catch-all for all ideas relating to racial justice and teaching the history of our people and any push for justice or equality and dignity. And so most of us hear this and we automatically recoil because we didn't learn critical race theory as valuable as it may be. That wasn't what motivated, that wasn't the impetus for us talking about justice and dignity and equality. What tends to happen is this cycle. There is an accusation of critical race theory. And what we do is we spend an inordinate amount of time refuting it, maybe perhaps studying it for the first time, which has some merit and value. But we use that. We use that opportunity not to understand the systems and structures that oppress and oppose us, but now we use it to justify our personhood, to justify our work. And even if we are taking the time to understand and reset and study and look into what is the motive of why we're doing it, this is what I call a no-win conversation. Because even after having studied and digested and written all this material, even after having understood critical race theory, the motive behind which we are doing it is not in in encouragement of ourselves, it's in service of them. It is a response that they produce for us. It is them dictating what we will study, them dictating what we will read, them dictating what we will talk about. And we have had many people ask us, when are you going to do a conversation or a dialogue or a podcast episode or an interview on critical race theory? And as valuable as I think that may be in some context, we have refused to do it 
We have refused to do anything at length about it. And the reason is because we will not let them, we will not let the people who are determined to stand against our work dictate what we talk about. No, we're here for you. What do you want us to talk about as Black Christians? Not what do you want us to talk about that is in service of them. That is a refutation of what they have said, what they have done, what they have accused us of, because their accusations don't hold weight. We want to do something that is beneficial and a blessing for Black Christians that builds your faith, that builds you up. It's this cycle of distraction. And so it's really a no win because yes, we can understand more things and that can be valuable, but we have done it in service of people who do not value us, who do not understand and who do not value our dignity. This episode is brought to you in part by Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary students are grounded in faith and formed in community. PTS students are preparing for ministry with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, Doctor of Ministry, and Certificate Programs. Begin your Master's or Certificate Program in person or online. Financial aid is available. Visit pts.edu admit. And so I want to encourage you about these no-win conversations. They can be present in your families. They can be present in your neighborhoods and your places of employment. And yes, unfortunately, even your churches as well. They can be present in them. And I want to encourage you to take a step back and understand that some of these conversations are actually no-win and there is no benefit for you in participating in them. You need to dictate and decide with careful wisdom and prudence what you are going to discuss, what you are going to talk about, what you will spend your time in. Listen, I'm Pentecostal. We we don't have conversations with demons. We cast them out. Okay. That's what we do. When we are approached with with the demon, we cast the demon out. Okay. I'm I'm a, y'all may click off the podcast. I don't know how charismatic y'all really are. Um, But that's what we do in the Pentecostal tradition. Okay. So be careful of the knowing situations. There's also something I do want to talk about as well as it relates to this. And this is number two. Don't waste your fights. Don't waste your fights. And this is a little bit different, and it might perhaps be a little surprising to hear me frame it this way. But I have this sneaking suspicion and fear that when we fight them, we waste time needed to sharpen ourselves. You may not know this, and perhaps this is a revelation to you, or maybe you're keen and you have observed some of the differences. But listen, y'all, Black Christian leaders and Black Christians, we don't always agree on everything. We don't always have the same emphasis. We don't always have the same perspectives. We don't always have the same opinions. And so what I have found that has been of great and paramount blessing to me is actually having some clean in-house fights. (laughs) Now, we don't do this publicly on Pastor Mike. We don't do this publicly on The Witness. We try as best as we can not to and to step away from it because Black people arguing against each other has been seen as sport. And oftentimes the people who are watching on the outside, they tend to get some sort of perverse enjoyment seeing Black people who agree with them shut down Black people who don't, right? We try as best as we can. I am not perfect at this. I'm a little bit of a loose cannon that God is still sanctifying. You know what it is. 
But I want to encourage you to not waste your fights at the time we could spend sharpening ourselves, having tough, difficult conversations, being in closed door sessions and hashing it out, that that time is far more valuable than even the public time that we spend trying to refute other people, trying to refute other people who are not a part of our community, who have forced us into a dialogue. Let me say this, and again, it's not to say that there isn't merit for it. It's not to say that there is not a place for it. But let me encourage you that that time in private is actually more valuable than the monetary blessing and benefit you would get of talking about those other things in public. There's this weird way that this game is set up, that if you become an apologist or a responder or a refuter of these ideas in public, you will actually get attention, platform, and monetary gain. You will actually be able to be seen as an expert quicker than if you are committed to your people, if you are committed to doing the hard work. I think you can get a platform and you can get recognition for both, but it's not about the recognition. It's about how tempting it can be for us to be seen and for us to be applauded by people who are not a part of the people we are assigned to. Who are you assigned to? Who is this for? Listen, I know that there are a lot of different groups of people that get encouragement and uplift and appreciate what we do here at Pass the Mic and at The Witness. You're from different ethnic backgrounds and different life situations, and you have been able to take what we have said here and use it for your lives. That blesses us. We appreciate it. We are encouraged by it. But who are we here for? We are here for Black Christians. We are committed to seeing Black Christians free. And if we are committed, if those are our people, if that is our primary assignment, then we must be ruthless at rejecting the attention that we could get from talking about things and interacting with people who might get us a bigger platform, who might get us more money, who might get us more opportunity. But we ourselves are committed to our people. We are committed to the core task. And that is really the history and the story of The Witness. The Witness in its current iteration was formed and birthed out of a lot of behind-the-scenes, in-house, clean fights. (laughs) We fight a lot. You probably detected it from me and Jamar. We have... We have quite a bit of clean fights here at The Witness, not just me and Jamar, but also me and our vice president, Ali Henney. It's actually our joke behind the scenes that you know we can't have a meeting without there being some sort of confrontation, some sort of conflict in a very clean, healthy way. And really, the fight produces the family. And the fight births something really blessed and beautiful. And we become the best of friends and we become tied together and we've been able to further this work because we haven't wasted those fights on others, but we started to have them with ourselves. I am eternally grateful for the people in my group chat who I'm able to wrestle with behind closed doors, which is why I try to say less in public and talk more with them. Those are my people. Those are the people who help me think well and process well so that when I speak and and podcast and preach... I'm not wasting my time on people who sap me. I'm giving my time to people who sharpen me. Iron sharpens iron. And many of us are actually sharpening ourselves against stuff that is dulling us or people that is dulling us, not sharpening us. It's wearing us down, not making us better. So don't waste your fights, Black Christians. Don't waste your fights trying to justify yourself. 
Perhaps maybe that conversation you were thinking about having with the staff member or the pastor or the other person in your church is a conversation you need to have with another Black member or another marginalized member within your church. Perhaps that's the conversation you need to have. Not trying to get close to them because there's greater proximity and you might get put on a panel or you might be seen as valuable or they might elevate you and promote you and ordain you. Maybe your work is actually devoted to the people who are not in the spotlight. Maybe that's the work you're called to. Maybe that's what you're supposed to be using your time for. Don't waste your fights. Okay. And then finally, I just want to encourage you with this. Yes, be careful of no-win conversations. Don't waste your fights. Let me remind you that you are not a savior. You're not a savior. And many times we feel the need and the pressure to rescue every white person or white Christian, every they and them from themselves. (laughs) Let me encourage you not to get in the way of the work of the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit deal with them. Let the Holy Spirit convict. Say what you need to say and get out of there. Don't waste your time going back and forth. You ain't got to write a thousand letters. You don't have to respond to every DM. You don't have to respond to every inbox. We want you to leave loud, not linger loud. (laughs) We don't want you to spend your time just sitting in this time loop and this distraction loop and this energy loop of constantly feeling like you need to save them. And that's what I felt like. I used to feel like, these are my friends. These are the people that I know. These are the people that I grew up around. These are the people that were were close to me for so many years. And I need to help them understand. I need to help them process. I need to help them think about this. They just need more information. They need more books. They need more explanation. And the truth is they needed none of that. They needed to repent. They needed to do the internal work for themselves in the presence of God. And I was actually blocking them because I was giving them an out. I was giving them an out to think that they had been doing the work because they had a conversation with me. They didn't need to talk to me. They needed to talk to the one they claimed was their savior. And so I am not the savior. Go talk to your savior. Don't come to me thinking I'm going to rescue and save you. And I see it with black Christians. You stay in places and situations. You think you're going to rescue people. You think you're going to pull them out. No, literally shake the dust off your feet. Proclaim what you need to proclaim and leave. And leaving does not equal lingering. Don't come back around and make sure. All right. Now I'm just I'm just trying to make sure you heard me right. No, once you say your piece, say your piece and get out of there. Say your piece and separate from the relationship. Say your piece and focus on the things you're supposed to focus on. Now, this doesn't mean that you cut people off. It doesn't mean that you become a perpetual person who sits down and pushes away from people whenever they say something different than what you believe. But it does mean that you're not wasting your time continually talking about the same conversations. And that's what I felt like. I felt like I was having the same conversation every single week, every single month. And at a certain point, you say, are you reading these books? Are you doing the work? I've given you books. Are you reading them? I've pointed you to resources. Are you using them? And at that point, if you're not using the resources that I pointed you to and the books that I've given you, it's not on me. It's on you. I'm not going to try to get in the way of what the Holy Spirit is doing. I'm not going to try to get in the way of what God is trying to show you and how God is trying to convict you. I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not the Savior. Go talk to your Savior. So, 
I just want to encourage you with that. Maybe it resonates, maybe it doesn't. But black Christians, please do not waste your time. These no-win conversations we're in, as good as they may be, as good as they may seem, how much energy have we wasted trying to convince? How much energy have we wasted trying to, to tear down instead of building stuff for us, trying to redirect instead of reconstructing for our people? Let me encourage you. Your time is valuable. Don't get in those no-win conversations. Don't waste your fights. Have the tough conversations with us behind closed doors. Push back. We want to see it. We want to hear it because we're going to be made better in the process. We're going to be better. We're going to be healthier. We're going to understand more and we're going to be able to collaborate better. Give your time to the people who truly have a desire to change. And give your time to your people first. Us. We need you. And then finally, you're not a savior. It's not your call to save. It's your call to proclaim. And then the Holy Spirit does the work. Don't take the Holy Spirit's job. Tell them to go talk to their savior. Don't waste your time. Black Christians, you are valuable. You are important. Your time is precious. And we just want to be in proximity with you. We want to see what you're going to create and who you're going to become and what's next for you and how you're going to know and understand and learn things about yourself that you didn't even think were possible. That's the beauty. That's the beautiful work. That's the special work. That's the precious work. Black Christians, do not waste your time. Just like Nehemiah. Say, I'm doing such an important work. I am carrying a great project and I can't go down. Why should the work stop? Will I leave and talk to you? Think about it. Pray on it. I love y'all. We'll catch you next week on Pass the Mic. This episode is brought to you in part by the Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries podcast. Do you want to grow in your influence? Bow's episodes feature tips for leaders of any kind, from mentoring one woman to leading a ministry. Browse Bow's podcast at beyondordinarywomen.org.